Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. We're back in the bunker again. <laughs> Got the creative swearing book here. I thought for sure you picked up that creative swearing book, and I thought for sure you were going to try to derail me by, instead of saying my name, you are going to call me one of those names, and you didn't do it. Uh, Crap Donkey was the one that came up. Okay. I've heard worse. <laughs> well, you, sir, are a cunt jammer. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't say that one. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wasn't going to. Even in a Scottish accent, say it. Do it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Because that's a Scottish, you know, Scots love saying that. <laughs> so do the Australians. I, I, I couldn't do it justice because otherwise I would. Bering says that all the time. <laughs> so the one before that was retard jacket. It just didn't make sense. <laughs> a jacket made out of retard? That's <laughs> just mean. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Are they living? <laughs> is, this, is that just like a big hug by a group of uh, retards? <laughs> All right. What do we want to get into? Uh, let's start with um, drag queen pedo. That's what I've written around here, <laughs> written on my little sheet here. We talked about this a while back Oops, about these uh, the drag queen story time at that one library. Right, and I don't know. I've actually heard this is more than one location that does this now. Um, and was it San Francisco? It was one of those super liberal strongholds, but somewhere in Oklahoma, I'm sure. Um, let's see. Uh, the Heights is one. So, oh, Houston. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, think Houston, I think Houston is a little liberal though. Just sort of like, Austin yeah, is. it is. Uh, so this is from Breitbart. Hate speech. Yeah. And I don't know who Nolte is, but it says Nolte Houston library allowed sex offender to read to kids during drag queen story time. <laughs> a registered child and i'm laughing because a uh, rooster keeps uh holding up the the uh creative swearing cards for me to see so i'm not yeah uh, i'm not going to say some of these so because they just they're they're icky <laughs> well it's not waffles not bad all right that's something your kid could say <laughs> a registered child sex offender was allowed to read to children during the houston public library's drag queen story time uh, in other news, the Houston Public Library, the city government, y'all, who's writing this? I, I might have to change the, uh, my, what the fuck? In other news, the Houston Public Library, the city government, y'all, sponsors the thing called Drag Queen Storytime, where troubled, me, troubled men put on women's clothes and read books to small children. Who, who, this is supposed to be a news site. I mean, I get it. It's Breitbart. Well, it's it's pretty right leaning, but the way that it's like written by like it's not written by it's written by a comedian or somebody that thinks they're a comedian. I don't know if I want to continue with this. The lunatics who promote drag queen story time claim the idea is to promote love and acceptance. Rational and caring parents who understand that protecting your child's innocence, especially from things like adult sexuality, are suing the city to stop this madness. They claim that the government sponsoring secular humanism violates the Constitution's establishment clause on religion. Well, I don't. I don't see that. That's but, a stretch. Yeah, it is. I'm even. I'm even saying that. Uh, and now we learn that a six foot, two hundred pound sex offender managed to slip through the library screening system, slip on a dress, and read to small children. All of it sponsored by the government. He calls himself Tatiana Malanina, but his real name is Alberto Garza. And in 2008, he was convicted of sexually assaulting an eight year old boy. But he gave a different name. That's kind of how he slipped through. So they shouldn't be in the first I, fucking place. I know. But I'm, I'm going to switch. Um, they, at least they were background background uh, checking them, but they got the wrong name. But the idea that we're sexualizing stuff for kids, kids don't need, they don't need a drag queen reading to them. No. You know? They don't need a, 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 a heterosexual porn star reading to them. Yeah. They just. They don't need, they don't need a go-go dancer reading to them in their go-go boots and, and uh, short skirt. Um, they don't need, you know, any number of that aren't explicit adult, like, uh, there's, um, what are the shows called burlesque 
That yeah. There's burlesque that aren't explicit that are always covered, but they're, you know, a sexual, um, like fantasy show they put on, you know, like they have the, co- the feathers covering certain body parts and they move them around, but you never get to see anything. Um, well, you know, why can't we accept them and, and show children that they're not dangerous? Because that's not the fucking job of the government. That's not the job of anybody who's, who wants a, a functioning society. If you were doing Mr. Rogers' neighborhood now, what would everybody in that neighborhood be like? Would Mr. McFeely be a drag guy? Well, his name alone would tell you what he'd be. <laughs> well, his name would be inappropriate. Yeah. And uh, they'd have like a... He, he'd be, he, you know, he, he'd be, he'd look suspiciously like Joe Biden. Yeah. Because he's Mr. McFeely. <laughs> he'd be the male ma'am. And then is there a sniffer? <laughs> a sniffer? You could put them both together. Mr. McFeely. No, but that show would be rife for, fur- S- for uh, furries. Yeah, Sniffer McFeely. That'd be Joe <laughs> Biden. That's my porn name. <sighs> I want you all to myself. That was my Joe Biden ASMR. He should have his own <laughs> ASMR channel. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Biden. Joe Biden's sniffing the microphone. Who was the Who was the guy he told him to stand up? You know, it was the double amputee. Yeah. God. Oh, geez. God bless him. He can't stand. <laughs> stand up, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> stand up. All right. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going. I'm. Ch- I'm switching to a different uh, news. Um, site because this bright bar is a little too cutesy the way yeah, they're writing y'all. it, and they didn't have a uh, didn't have a um, an author for it. So this is uh, this is Newsweek, and this is by Scott McDonald. So sex offender busted as drag queen who read books to children in city library. The Houston Public Library admitted Friday that one of its drag queen storytime storytellers was a registered sex offender. The library said in a statement that it failed to complete a background check as required, leading to a man posing as a drag queen. Even this one doesn't, the sentence doesn't seem right. But anyways, in our review of our process and of this participant, we discovered that we failed to complete a background check as required by our own guidelines, the library stated. We deeply regret this oversight and the concern it may cause our customers. We realize this is a serious matter, but you don't regret having drag queen story time in the first fucking place. Well, they're saying they they're saying they didn't complete the background check. What I heard initially on the news reports was that they did, but the person gave a different name. Well, their their official statement here says that no, they did not. A spokesperson for the library said that Alberto Garza 32 has posed as drag queen Tatiana Malanina, but was first uncovered by Mass Resistance, a Houstonian group that pledged to end the drag queen reading program. More power to them. Um, KHOU, the CBS affiliate in Houston, first reported the mass resistance revelation on Friday after the group reported a sex offender had disguised himself and read to children. Most parents would not allow that individual individual to sit in this library and be held up as a role model to our children. Shame on you, Mayor Turner, said mass resistance member Tracy Shannon. KHOU reported that Garza assaulted an eight-year-old boy in 2008 and that the library reportedly didn't perform background checks on the queens of the somewhat popular reading program in Houston, which is the fourth largest populated city in the country. The Drag Queen Storytime program is an offshoot of a nationwide initiative called Drag Queen Story Hour that is supposed to open children's eyes to unabashedly queer role models, according to its website. When the program began... In Houston, during the summer of 2018, some parents thought it was a good idea to expose their children to aspects of life they wouldn't typically see around their homes, like the ones in this news clip from July 2018. So there's a little clip. I'm not going to play it. Which, I, by the way, I don't disagree with that philosophy. I don't disagree with exposing your kids to stuff they won't normally see. Just not drag queens. Yeah, uh, um, you can take you take them on a field trip to Chinatown. Take them on a, you know, um, or bring somebody in to talk about a different culture, like a Native American, you know, um, uh, dances or whatever. The, I don't yeah. know. I can't try to remember what I was exposed to as a child. Um, fine. Different culture stuff. That's fine. That's not, that's not a problem. But, but not sexually Anything, uh, drag queen shows are innately sexualized. And yes, I know they're not explicit, but that does not matter. Well, and Tatiana, they can be explicit. Actually, Tatiana Malanina, is that the name? Yeah, uh, Malanina means bad little girl. Oh, you know what? 
I didn't, that even got right past me. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's girl, and, and we're not even to mention we didn't bring I'm up. I'm a bad little girl, uh, and we didn't even bring up the the you know Desmond is amazing. The uh, the child drag. By the way, someone queen. one of those club owners I think is being prosecuted. I hope so. The one that had him at three a.m. Uh, um, doing his little routine in front of a bunch of guys throwing dollar bills at him. I don't know which one, but apparently there was. I Lactatia is the other one, and then there's Desmond I is amazing is another one. I think there were people who were allowed into the club who were known sex offenders. Well, if you have a big gay club, you're bound to have in your ranks sex offenders. Oh, you are, are you? I'm offended <laughs> that you think I heard you Well, you should have turned around and said, if you're at any big music venue large I, enough, you're going to have a certain percentage of sex offenders in that venue. That's what you should have said. I to be a good ally, Rooster, let me train you on how to be a good ally. Okay? No, I'm saying what I heard you say was all gay people are sex offenders. Well, see, that's how you should have started, yes. And then you said, and by the way, if you get a big gathering of people at any music festival, you're going to have sex offenders, and they're straight. All right? But so, you have to how end dare it with, you? you have to end it with because Trump. And how dare you, sir? Yeah. How absolutely dare you? How absolutely <laughs> dare you? All right. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's kind of what I was getting at. You're gonna have any any venue like that, you're going to have a chance of having uh, sex offenders in there, and so that's not a place for children to be. Right. In the first if place. you have a kid dressing up and being sexualized, it doesn't matter if it's gay people, straight people. You're going to have some sex offenders who sneak. Yeah. In. If if there's a if there's a a porn convention, I don't want children there. Even yeah. if all the all the attendees are all covered, and they're like, "Well, we're not we're not doing any porn here. We're just promoting that we're good people, and that you know it's just a lifestyle and it's a, it's an occupation. And we want to tell kids, hey, it's okay if you grow up and want to be a porn star. It's okay, not now, but when you're old enough. And uh, here's some pamphlets, and here's here's some agents you can talk to when you're old enough. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, don't Fuck want no. That. So, but. <laughs> Did I tell you, sorry, I keep derailing this, that my 12-year-old son came home earlier this year, it's out of the blue, goes, Dad, what are lesbians? <laughs> and my wife goes, oh, Does God. Does she go, they're rug munches. <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes, oh, God. She goes, you got this one. Okay. I said, um, well, they're in scene two of every porn movie. <laughs> no, I said... I said, uh, lesbians are gay female couples. Why do you ask? He goes, he's in junior high, six, seventh, eighth. So he goes, we got a lesbian couple at school. And I wanted to go, are you sure? I mean, do they really know? Oh, the kids are lesbian? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Come on. That's more Some of the... Uh... Seventh pair of seventh grade lesbians or something like that that's like, really? yeah that's a, do we have to make this an it's kind of like this trans trending kind of thing where it's kind of cool to be alt gendered now so yeah. i think they you know I, I don't that's annoying but did you did you go into like did you go okay let me tell you how scissoring works yeah and then did you I take did. your two fingers on each hand and make a v and then put them together and go okay now picture two women doing this I recommend highly. You're really, you're really doing this. <laughs> you're really doing this right now. No, that's how absurd it is, though. That so you as a parent with a how old? How old? Twelve. Twelve year old are uncomfortable talking about you know, stuff like this, and you want to know why, and and you want to know context. I'm honestly, I'm not uncomfortable talking about it with them. Well, I mean, if it got, it could get uncomfortable. I would be uncomfortable talking about scissoring. Well, what, he, what he said, yeah, and then in the same breath he goes, yeah, but then somebody said something about scissoring. What does that mean? You're going back there again. But what, what would you say at that point? Uh, I would be like, um, talk to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have control of how that conversation goes in your yeah. home. Yeah. And as a parent, you should. Um, that the a school a library or whatever should not have that they, there is no way that some kids are are should be learning about some you know human sexuality earlier because they're you know emotionally and mentally more mature than other kids to be able to process something like that and some aren't and you got as a parent you have the right to decide when and so the, no school should be teaching any of this stuff no no library should be talking about human sexuality to to child to children yeah 
pretty pretty hot there hopefully i can edit that noise out that i was just making if not (laughs) put up with it yeah just deal damn it yeah i was like rubbing up against it with my i was asmring with my beard (laughs) against the mic um yeah i don't know it didn't really bother me that my son brought it up it bothers me that it gets brought up to kids there's no reason we have to have I, i would like to see it where if you've got someone who's a um, person who wants to read in the library, it's not about whether or not they're gay or straight or whatever. Yeah, it's not about... Read to the damn kids. Yeah, I don't want to know what your sexual pro- proclivity is when you're dealing with my kids. Well, not even that... I mean, when you... And I understand you probably don't mean it this way. It's like you don't you don't want to hear about it. I just don't... I want to get away from this as an identifier of people. Right. I don't care if you're gay and you want to read to kids. I think that's great that you want to read to kids because literacy is important. But that's not. But this program but is the whole reason you're right. reading to kids is because you're a drag queen. There's no reason for and you to be like, and I'm gay. And they're trying to normalize it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? To be honest with you, it's not normal. Never, never will be. It shouldn't be normal. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to persecute people that are drag queens. I don't care. If you're doing it in a in a situation with its, with the consenting adults, I don't give a shit. Go ahead. But if you're trying to normalize it and say, "Hey, this is something to 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 be proud of," and this is something as a child, you should you should um you should it's an option for you. Shut up, fuck you. Um, and then the fact that this is a nationwide uh, initiative called Drag Queen Story Hour that's um, opening children's eyes to unabashedly queer role models. Well, fuck you. You can have a queer role model that's a role model for a reason other than being queer, other than being gay or 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 a, or a, a femi dude or a, or a butch uh, woman. If you've got some other reason for being a role model, I'm all for it. And, the, and you happen to be a, a, a butch dyke or a femi uh, a, a twinkle toes dude. You that's fine. I don't care as long as you've got some other thing that is showing that that uh, that you've got some quality that's to be. Um, respected or emulated or, or appreciated, but not your sexuality. That's, that's just part of your personality that you keep, you know, fine. That's you. But what, what else is you, have you done to, to, to prove that you have something to offer my children to, to make them a more whole human being? You know, it's really interesting. We sort of got on this topic because, um, two movies, my son watched on the plane coming back from, uh, our trip were um, Bohemian Rhapsody, because I told him, I said, it was a great movie. And he goes, can I watch it? And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, yeah, you can watch that movie. There's nothing there's nothing a 12-year-old in there can't see, you know? I mean, there's, I think, two points in there where Freddie Mercury kisses a guy. Well, uh, is there scenes where he's, like, in bed with other guys? No, but there's scenes where he's in bed with women. Huh. He was married at one point, which I didn't know. He was married to a woman. Yeah. Um. So, my son asks me. He goes, "Um, was Freddie Mercury always gay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Was he a good singer?" I'm like, "He was the singer. I mean, Freddie Mercury was awesome. He was good." And he goes, "Oh, I just didn't know he was gay. It wasn't a big deal to him, right?" Yeah, that's actually a pretty good response then. And he was like. He wanted to know if in the movie they were trying to... He was like, was it like an agenda thing they were doing? And I'm like, no, he was gay. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, okay. Because, again, there's not a ton of it in there. But then he watched um, Green Book, which is a fantastic movie also. I It's rare that I like the uh, the Academy Award winning picture. And Green Book was great. By the way, Viggo Mortensen is amazing in that movie. But so there is a scene where you find out that this black character that he's driving around is gay. And my son asks, he goes, were they trying to prove a point there? And I said, about what? And he goes that this character was gay and black. And I said, oh, I see what you mean, that. The movie is about him being black and and uh, and they do it really well, by the way, um, and the discrimination he dealt with. 
Was he a, a piano player? I can't remember. Yeah, he was. He was. An and Vigo Morrison played his like chauffeur, basically, or the guy that kind of brought him around to different venues. Yeah, but he was going down through the South, like to prove a point. Yeah, I mean, this is in the '60s, and he's going to run into trouble. And Vigo Mortensen played this guy, uh, Tony Vellalonga. Um, oh, was who, he kind of a bodyguard too? Then, yeah, he that was more of what okay. he did. Got it. And uh, they called him Tony Lip because he was kind of the guy who who could get people to, as he says in the movie, get people to do stuff they didn't necessarily want to do just by bullshitting them. But so my son was saying, he was saying, were they trying to say, was this thrown into the movie just to show you that he was gay? Again, this is a 12 year old who's really thinking hard about this stuff. And I said, the movie says it was true. I assume that happened. And, uh, he goes, yeah, it would be weird if they tried to do that. Like, say, it's... He, what he was asking me was, the movie was about him being black in the South. Did they have to throw then in that he was gay, too, like, to push it? And I'm like, no, I'm like, he... It just so happened to be. I think he was. Okay. But they don't... Again, in the movie, they don't make a big issue of him being gay. He just gets... Well, the fact that your son is bringing these things up with that kind of, like, skepticism means that there's some sort of... He's catching on to some sort of, you know, indoctrination and some sort of agenda. And I'm sure there will, pe- there will be people on the left, especially, who'll say, well, they're getting it from you because you're saying, right. oh, there's an agenda, there's an agenda. But listen to what I'm saying. When he said... Was that the case? And like, no, because like, who cares? Yeah. He's fu- like the whole question he asked me about lesbians when he said, well, what are lesbians? Well, they're gay females. And he's like, oh, okay. Like now he knows. He didn't roll his eyes and go, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Yeah. He just went, eh. Yeah. Just like I did. Right. Because I don't care. Yep. I think it's silly that seventh graders are trying to decide what their sexuality is. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably know i don't we've talked about this before i don't know what age i was when i knew i liked girls but yeah but anyway the point was he's not getting at home oh there's an agenda there's an agenda he's just asking the questions yeah i guess if i had had a, a kid in that age range that was going to school and came back and said you know there's a couple girls uh you know Annie and and Sally. Oh God, I hate those two. And, yeah, and uh, and they they say they're their girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. I'd be like, hmm, is that so? And he goes, yeah. Um, they, you know, they like uh, hold hands. I'm like, huh. All right. Does uh does Tommy and Brittany do they hold hands? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Their boyfriend and girlfriend. I guess it wouldn't make a big deal to me if the kids, if it's, if it's not some agenda they're pushing where it's just kids naturally, you know, whatever deciding that, I guess, I, I don't know. You I, know what? Now that I'm thinking about this, I know where he probably gets it. He, um, he used to like to knit. He still does it occasionally. Mm-hmm. And one time when he was doing it, I told him not to be, I couldn't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> don't be such a fag. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. And then I hit him. Yeah. You know, I made him stay in his room without food and water for two days. Now, it, it's funny. He was like, his whole thing about the Freddie Mercury thing was like, oh, I didn't know he was gay. And I'm like, yeah, he was. And he goes, was he a good singer? Like, he was awesome. I loved that band. And that was the end of the conversation. He's like, I liked the movie. It was good. You know, even when I was in high school and there were a couple guys that were you know, people thought were gay, but at that point it was probably a little more difficult for a guy to come out as gay, just straight up saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but the very effeminate, hung out with the girls, you know, had girl time with the girls kind of stuff. And, um, it wasn't masculine at all. Didn't, and no, none of the guys really treated him poorly. I don't think, I mean, there were probably every once in a while, there's some comment, you know, some disparaging comment that was, not meant to be like really biting or anything. It's just like how you give disparaging comments to almost anybody when you're in high school, you know, regardless of sexuality, just to make fun of them. So even looking back then, I, I don't think it it was a big problem. Like 
and people say people that are gay probably say oh you don't know the the suffering and torment we went through and I'm like maybe i don't maybe they're maybe that was a big problem because they were like half of them were afraid to come out because of you know social mores but now i don't, I don't know if that's such a i don't think that's a deal is it yeah but i don't know but who didn't get bullied in school at some point maybe the yeah. top 15 percent of kids in the pecking order you know everybody got bullied somehow yeah, i guess i guess when i was at when I was in junior high, and I guess calling someone a faggot was a pretty big put down. Yeah, so, but it wasn't like it probably didn't even mean you know about being gay. Yeah, it I'm was, trying to recall if we even understood what it meant when we did that. I think we did. No, we did. We did. We, did, we knew it was, but, it was men that were that that had sex with men. That's that's what we knew that. Yeah, yeah but there's I think no way it, I didn't know that. I think it was more along the lines of just seeming weak and effeminate and mm. girly. Well, you, yeah, you can't call a guy a pussy. Anymore because yeah. that's you know you're denigrating women when you do that. Speech. I was watching a TV show called Magicians, which is a is a very liberal show, but I like it. And one of the characters is kind of a very kind of aggressive woman, and instead of saying um, instead of saying like uh, uh, quit quit pussying out or something like that, she goes quit nut sacking out. She like turns it around. She basically <laughs> considers men weak. And I thought it was kind of funny, you know, because it it's it's basically pointing out that we're calling guys that are weird, calling them pussies because we're relating it to women. But if she's doing it the other way, are we getting offended by it? Not really. I think it's funny. Well, Betty White has a line about that. She goes, why do people call people a pussy? She goes, push babies out through those things. Those things can take a beating. She goes, nuts are the delicate things. (laughs) She's right. You know, but you know, I'm thinking about this again, just the other day, my son came home and he goes, somebody at school called this thing gay. It's one of the other guys. He goes, "That's just gay." And he yeah. goes, "He goes." There's nuance there. I don't think there. he mean. I think he understands what that means. And my son is going, "Gay means it's two guys together," and that doesn't make any sense in the yeah. context of that. I mean, right. he's he's sort of naive to the idea that you would just call something that it's gay lame. would be a derogatory. G- term. Gay is lame, and and yeah, mostly. I mean, maybe it, it ties back to. Saying that gay is bad, gay people, you know, gay men is not cool, and so that's gay is lame. But it's transformed away from that, where it doesn't mean anything to do with homosexuality. Right. But if the point was the idea that gay would be lame was lost on my son, he was yeah. like, "I, why would that? I don't understand how it means he's gay." gay! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, a lot, yeah, I've I've said something's gay and. I, last thing in my mind is homosexual. It's just lame. But then people go, well, yeah, but that's that's your privilege that you don't have to live as being a gay person, and it's very hurtful. And I'm like, I guess, whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> Nut up. No, but you don't. See, that's the point. Huh. You don't fuck them. Oh, I don't. See, so that's that's your privilege and your hate so, speech. I don't know. I, I think we're talking. I'm starting to talk in circles here, so. I do not like drag book hour. Just, just. I don't it shouldn't happen. It should. It shouldn't be accepted. And you know, you keep going down this road, and it's going to be like I said. You're going to have porn stars coming in reading books. Because what's wrong with that? If if drag if drag queens are fine, what's wrong with porn stars? Well, why do we have to? Why do we have to accept everybody's lifestyle? You you shouldn't. You I can mean, tolerate a, a lot of it. Yeah. Why do we have to? Tolerance and acceptance are two different things. Yeah. Why can't I say? You know, being a drag queen is stupid if I want to. You should. I don't care. But why can't I say that? Well, just like saying being a race car driver is stupid. Yeah. It's dangerous. It's stupid. I don't ever want my kids being a race car driver. It's stupid. It's not good for them. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> but why can't... I mean, you can say, I understand that people are drag queens or race car drivers or whatever. I just think it's stupid. I'm right. not going to do it. Why do I have to accept it? Why do I have to be like? Well, it's not like I, I've said this before. It's not just acceptance. It's not. It's not just tolerance. It's not just acceptance. It's celebrating. They want you to actually celebrate. Well, we started with tolerance. We went to acceptance, and now we're going to celebrating. Yeah. Why do I have to? Why can't I just say some people do that, and I think it's dumb, and just move on from that? I'm not trying to silence them or deperson them or anything like that. I'm just saying. What I think they're doing is stupid. Problem is, you've got sexual deviancy, and that's what it is. It's it's deviating from the norm. Um, this drag queen stuff and, and cross dressing and trans stuff—that's all sexual deviancy. The thing is, and yeah, people don't want to hear that word. Oh, it's a hateful word. It, 
Whatever. Normal. <laughs> what? No, seriously. Some people think normal is hate speech. Yeah. You can't say normal. Yeah. Well, it's it's a sexual deviancy. I'm not saying you should be persecuted for having a sexual deviancy. Unless you're a pedo, then I fucking then you deserve to die. Yeah. But if you have a sexual deviancy that doesn't harm children, okay? I don't it doesn't it's okay. It's fine. Oh, I keep hitting the table, sorry. No, your mic's wiggling. That's because yeah. I'm hitting okay. the table. Um what a shitty mic stand. Anyways. <laughs> uh, were you gonna get us some new ones? I was. <laughs> so uh uh where was I? Uh, it, it, as long as you, your kink and your deviancy isn't a detriment to my family or to my children or, or society as a whole, that's, that's fine. But once it becomes to the point where it actually becomes a detriment to society or children, then we need to say, Hey, enough. We're not celebrating. We're actually going to, we're actually going to shame some of this shit. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be a furry or dress up like a horse and all that stuff, whatever you want to do, I don't care. And if. I don't know what yiffing is, and I really don't want to know. If you're a furry, you should know what yiffing is. Yeah, I'm You can't not, call yourself a furry and not yiff. I'm not a furry, so I don't know what yiffing is, and I really don't want to know. Okay. There's about three people really Google searching stuff right now. There's like another couple going, I know what that is. Yeah. All right. And I'm starting to be a little disturbed that maybe you know what it is. Uh, research. Okay. I research for the podcast. Okay. Right. Is that like the Futanari research you're doing too? <laughs> it's for the book I'm writing. <laughs> All right. Um, the on- oversized book? <laughs> the ridiculously oversized book? Yes. There's lots of fluids involved. Um, let's do a, let's do a, would you rather? Okay. We're about halfway, we're half, halfway into this nonsense we're talking about today <laughs> so i'm liking that word for, i gotta quit saying nonsense i've used it why too. you like it it's good okay. go with it all right uh, would you rather okay would you rather eat an entire jar of olives no or sauerkraut in 15 minutes oh i hate them both so 15 minutes to eat an entire jar of olives or sauerkraut i'd eat sauerkraut i don't really like sauerkraut but i don't like olives you know my answer what I don't care. Eat, eat whatever. It's all I'm, food. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'll eat olives on like pizza and stuff, but I, I really don't. Oh, I, I, I go to the fancy olive bars and pick out different olives and I, eat them. I actually ate a bunch of olives the other day and was like actually full. I ate so many of them. It's kind of hard to do. Do you know those people who have like, I'm not speaking to Crow here. I'm speaking to everybody who's listening. People who have like those big Sam's Club sized jars of pickled eggs. Yeah. Crow has one of them. You've had pickled pig's feet, haven't you? Uh, one thing I haven't had. You haven't had? I have pick- not had Have pickled- you ever had pig snouts? I haven't had that either. I haven't had cow tongue either. You'd eat a pig snout though, wouldn't I you? I would. You would just to try it. Yeah. I'd probably eat the feet too. They're, they're all disinfected and brined up, right? I think so. As long as they're as long as they're brined up or whatever the hell I'd eat them. I would not eat I would not eat pickled pig's feet. But uh you could probably convince me to eat cow tongue and be like, hey, yeah. try this and I'd eat it and go, oh. Like eat gizzards? Uh don't know. I don't know if I've ever had them. Yeah. I've had uh You'd know if you had a gizzard. Okay. They have a, a completely different texture from any other part of the chicken. Are that well chicken livers? Is it the same thing? No. I've had chicken livers. I don't like liver, but I'll eat chicken I, livers yeah, again. I, I dislike liver. I do not like liver. I dislike it too, but I've eaten chicken livers and been like, okay. damn, those are like at a teppanyaki restaurant. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, and then sauerkraut. Yeah. I mean, I, I can take it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan of sauerkraut, but I don't mind it. Sauerkraut. I don't like that much, but I could eat it. A jar of olives. I, yeah, I well, it, are you talking about like just the black olives or green yeah. olives? Because there's a lot of differences in olives. Yeah, I know. I just okay. I don't like them that much. All right. Would you rather spend your life looking for love or have the greatest love one could know, complete with love story, but only for one year? That is, that's a nonsense would you rather. I wouldn't want either one of those. Those both seem like bad choices. Right. Right. You have to pick one of those? Well, I mean, if you had to absolutely pick one and you're looking for love and you never have in your whole life. Would you rather... Spend your life looking for okay. love. No, that's almost like saying, would you rather uh, spend your whole life chasing winning the lottery or would you 
rather win, win the lottery and lose the money all that money in a, in a year. year. <laughs> win it and lose the money in a year. <laughs> yeah, because then you'd have a story at least. I guess between those two terrible choices, I'd pick the second one. Is there video involved? <laughs> for memory? For memory's sake? Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, should we do one more? Yeah. Would you rather write and have a best-selling book published or star in a hit blockbuster movie? Ooh, that's a good one. That is. Uh, one blockbuster movie and then one book published and that's it? Or just are they saying that's like springboard? Maybe you can get more from that. No, I think it's just one or the other. Well, I mean, maybe. So let's do it like this. You write, uh, who's the woman who wrote Catcher in the Rye? Harper... Collins, <laughs> Lee Harper Lee, yeah. yeah. So that's the only book she ever wrote. I think um, J.D. Salinger only wrote Catcher in the Rye. Okay, specifically, would you rather have a best-selling book published, okay, or star in a blockbuster movie, okay? So let's just assume it's only one or the other that you're a one-off and done. I think I'd go with the book. I think I would too. Because being like a like a like a one and done movie star guy is kind of pathetic, but a one and done book writer, it's not that pathetic. It's like, yeah, wrote an awesome book and I moved on with my life. I don't know. One and done movie would be cool too. Most people you think of whatever happened to that guy or your gal. And it's kind of pathetic. It's like, no matter what they've done after that, it doesn't, it doesn't, Oh, they went back to school and they started doing this and it's like, so you know who I think of when I think of that, it's not exactly the case with the movie, but it's close. Do you remember, uh, unforgiven with, uh, Clint Eastwood? Yeah. I think it won an Oscar, which yeah. is one of those exceptions. I think it won best picture, which is one of those exceptions where I loved, uh, love the Academy award winning movie. The guy who was the, um, the supporting actor in there, not Morgan Freeman, the other, the guy. kid. Yeah. The one that had problems seeing, like his that's his only from... movie, really ever. The so one, that... so the one that actually was talking tough, like he was a big killer, and then yeah. when it came time, he felt horrible. Yeah, I Google searched him once just because you're like, oh, whatever happened to that guy? Hey, he did a good job. Yeah, he did a good job. He had, and I remember seeing him interviewed, and he was saying, yeah, this is like my first movie, and that was it. What? And he's done like some voiceover work and stuff huh. like that. So the guy always worked. I mean, he might have been in a couple other movies, but. We don't know who he is. Yeah, that's a good. That's interesting. So I think that was it for him. Hmm. I don't. So yeah, I mean, maybe I'm still thinking the book. I hmm. think the book too. You know, book's just something that you can pass on. But this question is almost the opposite of the other one. Either one of these is a good. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, all right. Well, those are pretty good. So yep. we'll stick with them. Uh, next subject on my little uh, blackboard here is oh. Speaking of, black press only. Oh. So, that's what I wrote down here. Was that in Atlanta? Uh, Baptist Church. Where is this? It's Georgia. Georgia. So, this is from Zero Hedge. Um, Tyler Durden is the guy I've read from this guy before. It's, a, it's obviously a pen name, but it's pretty funny. Uh, is it racist? Black Georgia mayor bans white reporters from press conference. Trying to tighten up my mic. Yeah, making so much noise. I think it's actually down here, like this part down here. So I don't think I can do anything about it. Okay. I'll just I'll I'll try to stop hitting the table. Um. Uh, is it racist? Black Georgia mayor bans white reporters from press conference. This is uh this was written Sunday, um, three thirty one two thousand nineteen. So all right. So there's signs, and they show a picture here of these doors, these locked doors. I don't know if they're locked, but they have a lock on them. It says, no media, TV, radio, etc. Press only, exclamation point. Read a sign posted on the door of Bolton Street Baptist Church. The Savannah Morning News reported, white reporters were denied entry to a meeting to discuss an upcoming mayoral race in Georgia, while black reporters for at least two television stations and the publisher publisher of the black-owned Savannah Tribune newspaper were allowed into the meeting. Reporters who got inside were prohibited from taking photos, video, or audio recording, according to Stephen Moody, an African-American reporter with WJCL who attended the event. AP reports that Mayor Eddie DeLoach is seeking re-election this fall. He became Savannah's first white mayor in 20 years after winning the 2015 campaign. 
Elections for Savannah's top office are nonpartisan, meaning all candidates who qualify end up on the November ballot. Savannah Alderman Van Johnson, one of three black mayoral candidates to have announced campaign so far, spoke at the meeting about his campaign for mayor, said groups have the right to to determine how they assemble. That's what he said. Um, And afterward, he, what's going on here? Relayed my vision for an inclusive Savannah, a progressive Savannah. That's the the writing is a little bit off on this. Um, Asked by WTOC TV about only black reporters being allowed inside, Johnson said, it's not my meeting. Again, I was asked to come give a statement. And so I came and gave a statement. Yeah, that's the guy I was talking about. Regina Thomas, a former Georgia state senator and one of the incumbent mayor's black challengers, skipped the church gathering Wednesday. She said the meeting appeared divisive and was scheduled too early in the campaign. Uh, Former Savannah Mayor Edna Jackson declined to comment before going inside, as did uh, Chatham County Commissioner Chester Ellis, and he said, this is not my idea. Question is, is it racist? And what would happen if Trump hung a sign at the White House? White press only. Yeah, we know it's totally different. <laughs> that was the end of, the, of, of Durden's article there. Uh, what's the other one I have here? This is USA Today. Just it's not just a fringe site reporting. USA USA Today report on this too, and and shows the same picture. So it's not like it's a like hoax or something. So what do you think, Rooster? Well, I mean, you do have the right to assemble. You know, yeah. I think uh, on its face, I guess on its face, I wouldn't have a problem with this if it weren't for the complete double standard. Well, I, you know, to finish what I'm saying, you have a right to assemble and say, you know, we only want to hang out with, you know, this is for black people only kind of thing. I agree that there's a double standard, but the idea that you're defending it by saying, with something that's the press. So it's a state function because you're running for governor. Now the state, it may not be an official state function because the state's not paying for it or anything, but it's, these are people who are going to run your government and we have freedom of the press and the press should be allowed to report on this stuff. So, um, you know, if, if you're going to get together and do that, it sort of assumes that you're letting all press in. And I've seen people defend this two ways. One saying, yeah, we have the right to assemble however we want. That's a cheap argument because while that is true, that's not really what you're saying. You're defending it with something that sounds like a defense but is really kind of bullshit. Look, either you're okay with it or not. If and the, a group of white people want to get together, only white people, and discuss um, mayor races, um, and you think that's that's wrong, then you can't think that this is right. Sure you can. How? I'm being facetious. Okay. But, I mean, it's a double standard. But the other part of this that drives me nuts is I saw uh, on Tucker Carlson's show, he has a guy, um, I can't remember who he is, he used to be on the, uh, on the, it was it was either Bernie Sanders campaign or it was some Democrat, oh, uh, Chuck Schumer. Okay. He said, he has him on there occasionally and he says, um, I think his first name's Chris, and he says, uh, what do you think about this? And he goes, well... Come on, it's no different than the whites-only stuff that happens in the South. He goes, Carlson goes, no, it doesn't happen. He goes, if it happened, we would all know about it because it would be... And he goes, well, they may not have hung a sign, but they made it pretty clear that people weren't supposed to come. And Tucker didn't let him get away with it. He goes, oh, come on, really? So now we're chasing down the... This happened. This is a story. We can see it. Yeah, officially happened. Yes. Yes, we know. People yeah. showed up. It's documented. To defend that by saying, well, it's happening in other places on the other side, so this is fair, is, again, a, a bullshit that, argument. That would be the same argument with me going, yeah, there's some uh, black barber shops that they don't really let white people in there. But, yeah. but, uh, but you know, uh, you know, I can't prove it. I mean, you just get the feeling when you walk in there that you're not welcome. Well, f- f- that's not, that's not official. That's not like a, an official thing with a sign in the window saying no blacks or no whites allowed. Well, that'd be like someone saying, uh, you know, I broke into that guy's house and stole something out of his house, but he's a thief. So it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to read a little bit from USA Today, the, a little bit less, uh, um, opinionated, I guess. And it actually has some more information that's, that's, I think, pertinent. So it's really short. So 
the Savannah Morning News reports that white reporters were barred from entering the event while multiple black reporters were permitted to enter. A social media post made by the Trigon Group to promote the meeting says the community gathering was intended to unify support in the African-American community behind a single candidate for mayor among multiple candidates. The post also says black media only. The USA Today's attempts to contact the Trigon Group via phone and e- email were not immediately returned. Video published by local TV station WJCL shows a journalist confronting a candidate for mayor who attended the meeting. Van Johnson, one of multiple black mayoral candidates to have announced a campaign for the November election, is told by a reporter that he was denied entrance to the meeting. I think that's unfortunate, Johnson responded. Johnson also told the station that he believed the event organizers had the right to de- determine who to admit to the event. He suggested he would speak at an event where only white reporters were allowed to attend. Bullshit. Is what I'm saying. Well, here's the definition. Oh, wait, hold on. Just about okay. done. Uh, this is real, real close to the end here. WJCL reported that journalists who were allowed inside the meeting were treated with suspicion. The station says that about 50 people attended the event. The meeting was held in this was held as the city's first white mayor in 20 years. Uh, Eddie Deloach is seeking reelection this fall. All right. So here's the definition of segregation. I have a couple questions. Uh, now, the action or state of setting someone or something apart from other people or things or being set apart. Okay. Or the enforced segregation of different racial groups in a country, community, or establishment, as in an official policy of racial segregation. Doesn't this fit that? Yeah, because it's dealing specifically with, with uh, political race. Right. Right. It's got actual participants in a in a in a, in a an election in a that affects everybody in the um, location or in the uh, the city, right? Right. So it's 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 official. Okay. So that's really not opinion. I mean, that's sort of fact. Yeah. I mean, I realize technically it is opinion, but this is segregation. Okay. Well, yeah. So here's an opinion question: Do you think any of those candidates were Republicans? That's funny that uh, was never even brought up. I don't know. I'm going to guess none of them. No, the it would be no, no. Second er, and third, what would be the purpose of having just black journalists? My point is, if the if the second question, our guess that there are no Republican candidates here, maybe there are, maybe there's four, five, six of these candidates. And one or two of them are Republican. That would mean that someone doesn't... Well, first of all, they're segregating people. That they're probably mostly from one party. And third, uh, that there's got to be some reason that they don't want those people there. I mean, that those three things together... We know what the leftist answer to that is. But they're racist. The leftist answer to that is that um, it's a safe space for black people because they feel like they can't speak their mind because of the oppression of whites. So there's a systematic, there's a systematic racism. There's the white superiority uh, that's all over this country and it's keeping black people oppressed and they can't speak their minds. And this is, this is a way for them to feel safe. Prove it. Prove, show me the systematic oppression and you can't just say, oh, that's your privilege talking. Well, it is. Yeah. That's a, bu- I f- that's a I feel bullshit answer. As a as a disabled black lesbian, I feel unsafe to speak my mind while you're sitting there. I feel unsafe to speak my mind while you're Prove sitting it. there. I feel unsafe. Well, me too. <laughs> yeah. I think we're at an impasse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, this is this is racism. Yeah, this is the idea that. One group of people based solely on their skin color don't deserve to participate. And it doesn't have to mean they're inferior or something. It means there's something nefarious or something, some bad result that will come out of their being there. That's just, that's how it is. And you can't come back with this bullshit about, well, they don't have any power. You just had the power to keep all the white reporters out of that meeting. Right. So don't tell me you didn't have power. Don't tell me that when all of the candidates, all of them, regardless of party, for the mayor of, is it the mayor? Yeah. Mayor of this town in, in Georgia? So 
the person who's going to be running an entire fucking town is they're all black. Don't tell me you don't have power. And isn't it interesting how this mayor, they said, is the first white mayor in 20 years in that uh, town is what they, what they said in the article. So the mayor that's seeking reelection is the first mayor elected. They said in 2015 he was elected, I recall, is what they said in that article. Um, and he's the first mayor elected in 20, a white mayor elected in like I don't know, 20 years or whatever. Um, so your response to having a white mayor who was elected and is seeking reelection, your response is to exclude white people from participating in your um, meeting about the what you're going to do about um, uh, becoming you know, uh, the electoral campaign from different perspectives. You're, you got a white mayor and your response is, well, we, we can't involve any white people in our decision-making process to try to get a new mayor elected. It's got to be all black people and all black uh, candidates. Well, again, this goes back to what... It is pure racism. It, exactly. This goes back to what we talked to or talked about a couple podcasts ago. When people are... They don't have any principles. They just have feelings. And so you say, how is it that you can exclude white people? Their responses are, well... Because we want, you know, a safe space, which means, which implies that you're not safe with white people there. And then they'll come back and say, uh, you can't, um, you can't deny that white people aren't having these meetings. I absolutely can deny it. But if you're saying it's not okay for them to have it, you can't justify their sin by committing the same one and saying, now we're even. Well, you can because they have the power. But that's a complete lack of principle. No, Rooster, they had the power. That That's the difference. Um, you're full of shit? Yeah. <laughs> you are a true... Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here it comes. Say it. Wiener wanker. <laughs> you get the, some, the stuff that I'd let my kids say. <laughs> give, me one, give me one that's a... Fart pincher. <laughs> well, you pinch loaves. Uh, this one's... No. No, let me say it. Let me see it. I'm going to let you see it, but... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Even I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I know. My God. You'd say that one. <laughs> A hoe junkie. Oh, boy. Um, so these people these people are real... Let's, let's finish it off with a good one. So they, all these racist people are what? They're pube ticklers. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can go that far. I just no, call them pube ticklers. They're racist. Yeah. There's... They're nothing else but that. Yeah. And to say that uh, there's there are people out there that really say you can't – only people that can be racist are white people. There are people out there, legitimately people out there that say that and feel that. And it's not a very – it's not a, a minority of people. There's a decent amount of people that feel that way. If you don't have institutional power and you're not the majority, then you can't be racist. Bullshit. Well, did you know that uh, you know Bill Clinton won like – I think it was 42%. Of the popular vote when he when he uh, became president, do you know why that is? Because Ross Perot took up a big chunk, and the Clintons paid Ross Perot to run. I yeah, I thought Ross Perot, yeah, Ross Perot was he took away from the Republican vote. yeah from George Bush yeah yeah so yeah yeah they paid him oh absolutely I don't know you know they did okay wink wink see what I'm doing I get it. You had me. You had me going along with it for a second there. I'm like, really? <laughs> and if you tell me to prove it, I'm just going to go, you know, they did. You almost got me, Rooster. You know, and you know why they did it? Because the Republicans before that were uh, were paying people to go after the well, Democrats. And you know why? You know why it sounds true? It's because I want it to be true. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Institutional something or other. Institutionalismists. Yeah. So, yeah, there's racism from every race, and there's bigotry from every race. And uh, if you don't like it from one, then uh, don't promote it in the other. If you think it's okay for one, then, yeah, sure, you're not a hypocrite, I guess. (laughs) I mean, I don't think I'm going to speak for you, but I don't think either one of us is ever going to deny that there's racism on behalf of white people. Is it institutional? Absolutely not. Is it even that common? Absolutely not. And people say, oh, well, that's your white privilege talking. What the fuck does that even mean? Well, that's just more of the the leftist um, 
redefining words and coming up with phrases to that don't mean anything because they don't have good arguments. That's what it is. We need to come up with a phrase like that that we can just use on people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. I'll edit that out, I think. <laughs> I would. All right. All right. What else we got? Uh, well, you wanted to talk a little about Brexit or maybe the um, the Sargon interview with... Yeah, I just... The, who was the interview with? I found it interesting. He wasn't, he wasn't being interviewed. Oh, you're just talking about Brexit. Yeah. So I... And I don't know how many people are even interested in what the hell's going on over there, but, um, and I, well, good, cause we don't have a lot of time to talk about I, it. So I don't, I admit, I don't, pithy. I don't know a whole lot about it, but basically the Brit population voted to leave the EU, the European Union, and the British got to use their own money. And there were a few other things there, but basically they were leaving over immigration and they've tried eight times now to sort of re-vote. It was a close vote. and the Because the, they didn't like the actual... The, they didn't like the fact that it... it that the people spoke, basically, the right? The Brexiteers, which are the ones who want to leave the European Union, and are leaving mostly over immigration. Mm-hmm. Because the European Union was giving each country forcing, quotas. Yeah, forcing countries to take migrants yeah. they couldn't handle or didn't want. Yeah, and the people in Britain voted, and some say stupidly, to leave the Union... European Union. Um, so Sargon was talking about this. Sargon of Akkad um, on YouTube. Carl Benjamin's his name. He's he's a self-professed classical liberal. Classic liberal. He said uh, that he is a Brexiteer and that May, Theresa May, ever since this has happened, though she's a conservative, has been trying to get revotes through so they can sort of vote on this again. Um, because they think if they vote again, they can vote to stay. So she's basically nullify the will of the people. Right. And the vote, having that vote has been turned down eight different times in eight different ways. Um, and they're the way they're political or their parties working. It's hard to figure out how and why they've got the house of Lords and the house of commons, which I think is equivalent to our Senate and our, um, house of representatives. But regardless, uh, so it looks like they're going to have to do a hard Brexit because they're not making a deal with the EU together. I don't understand what all of that means other than it's going to be painful economically for the EU and I th- or for Britain. And I think that this, their MPs, members of parliament, they call them, have decided that they're smarter, and they may be, than the general population. They're going to try and stay. In fact, Theresa May, even according to Sargon, has offered to resign if they'll take a deal with the EU, to st- not to stay, but to not make it so bad. And it looks like they're going to have a hard Brexit. So Sargon puts up this map of all of England and says, here's what they're guessing the domestic gross domestic product reduction is going to be. And it's anywhere from 6 to 10%, which is a s- significant number. So basically, and I don't, he was talking about GDP. I don't think he means GDP, but... The average person is going to see their income drop 5 to 10% because of this. I don't know all the economic factors as to why. But so they're going to have a very painful, you know, exit from this. Whereas if they stayed, they might down the road have other problems. And it appears the people decided to leave. So they're going to have the hard Brexit, which is going to be worse instead of having a deal. And his point was, okay, fine, yeah. let's just do Get it. it over let's with. be done. Let's band it off. And this is a whole lot of stuff about Brexit, and most people won't care. But the part that I want to bring up about this is, look what's happening over there. In the sense that their people voted, good, bad, or otherwise. Maybe Brexit is a bad thing. I don't know. I like the idea of nations being sovereign and being able to do their own thing, but. If you start to have governments that say, I know what the people voted, but here's what we're really going to do anyway. People put me here because they wanted to leave, or I'm their representative and they voted to go, but I'm now going to make a deal to stay. Then we've lost the handle on republic republics. Well, yeah, I mean, governments the whole, the, by the people. The whole EU is a problem. 
with with uh, one country telling everybody else how it's going to be. Why would you allow that? Well, and maybe it is a problem, and maybe it isn't. And, and I don't. I, no, they're dic- what they are is dictating what these countries do, as opposed to making suggestions. They're saying you have to do this to be to be part of the team, to be part of the EU. This is what you're going to do, and that's what. How would you? Why would you give away your your sovereignty that way? Right, and I get all that. But my point in all of this is, we have people in a government in a first world country, one of the one of the most successful countries in the history of the world who the government officials are deciding on their own that the will of the people be damned. I don't care how you voted. Let's just do it this way. And they're okay with that. Now, it hasn't happened. It hasn't come about. But they, they're they approaching this in a way like saying, these idiots voted to do this thing we don't want to do. So let's try and find every conceivable way we can to not have to do the thing they told us they wanted us to do. And... We have to watch for that kind of stuff. Well, what's funny about that is that's they're actually it's pretty blatant what their political class is doing over there. They're basically saying "fuck you" to the right um, to the voting and, and working class. They're saying it straight up. Over here in America, it's a little bit more subversive. They're not quite at that level, but they're doing it. The Trump won the election. The Democrats, the media, the left are doing whatever they can to make that to, to find out what, how it happened and to make it not ever happen again regardless of you know legal moral ethical um you know they don't care their their goal is to get it done but they're not going to outright say you you know um well maybe they do maybe they have gotten to the point where they say yeah you're fucking stupid We're, we know better than you well and the I political class isn't quite saying that right yet oh uh, yeah a- they AOC are is. yeah i don't well i mean even on the right jeff you, flake was doing that you know what's funny is as i was trying to make a point like america's not quite at that level yet but we are we are. We have we have elected officials, especially ones who've been there for a long time, in seats where they think they can't be touched, saying, I know what they voted me here to do, but I'm just going to do what I want anyway. Oh, yeah, Flake. Yeah, okay. And I don't know that, I don't know that whole Arizona Senate race very well. I mean, I'm, I don't live there, so I'm certainly not an expert. But I'm not sure Jeff Flake is, I mean, Jeff Flake's not an He's not an older guy. I mean, as far as Congress goes, he's probably in his mid-50s. You know, he, he could be in the Senate for a long time yet. And he went so hardcore against Trump because he was kind of virtue signaling, and he just didn't like him. And I think the populace of Arizona in general leaned toward Trump. I don't think real hard because they elected the... Uh, Kirsten, whatever her name is. Is it Gillibrand? No, that's Michigan. Or, okay. uh, no, she's New York. But right. um, I think Gillibrand took Hillary's old seat. All right. But this this gal that they elected was not, uh, she's not, she's actually fairly radically left, by the way. She ran as kind of a centrist, but she's not. And uh, um, there's a guy, Jesse, um, God, who is he? The guy who's on that morning show near here once in a while he's a guy out of texas and he uh, he's just a twitter beast but he's from that area and he said the republican that they ran against this gal just wasn't very good now she wound up being appointed by the governor to take mccain's seat but i think jeff flake left because jeff flake found he did something his voters didn't want and they weren't going to let him back i think bob corker in tennessee did that i think there were a handful of republicans who decided, I better get out because I fought hardcore against Trump. And my constituents didn't want that. And my constituents didn't want that. So instead of being embarrassed by losing, I'm going to get out. That's my guess. All right. But I think we have to watch for people, whether it's the left or the right or whatever, when we elect them to do something and they don't do it, they got to pay a price for it. And I, when Thomas Jefferson made made his statement about, you know, the tree of liberty has to be yeah the the tree of liberty has to be um, watered with blood uh, by tyrants, tyrants and, and patriots yeah what that means i think i don't again i've said this before i don't think he necessarily meant that literally but he said he's sort of saying when our government does stuff we don't want we got to make them pay for it yeah and if you are a member of parliament in britain you're probably going shit 
Am I going to pay for this? And we should do the same thing here. If our elected officials aren't doing what we want them to do, they got to go. And I'm not so sure if John McCain hadn't passed away, if he would have necessarily been elected again. Well, and then you also see a two-tier justice system with the elite political class getting away with everything. And then anybody else that polls even a quarter or, or, or a minuscule amount of what they poll gets the book thrown at them. So, I mean, we're getting more and more of that disparity of the um, the classes like we didn't have in America before, really. Or that's that's Britain. The UK is known. For, I mean, that's steeped in their culture. There's there's the separation of the classes. There's the ruling class. There's the the posh elites, and then there's the working class, and then there's another. And you stay in those zones. You don't. There's no mobility between those zones, really. Like in America, we didn't have that, but we're starting to get there. Where there's the ruling class of a political elites that are untouchable, and then we're getting worse and worse and worse, where we can't do anything. Well, I think we've always had that ruling class that's been a little untouchable, but they weren't so damn blatant about it. Hmm. And now they just kind of are. And I really think that started to come in with uh, the Clintons, you know. And, yeah, the Bushes did it too. But I think, you know, I thought Barbara Bush's line about when they were saying, should Jeb run, she goes, I think the world's had enough of the Bushes. Yeah. Well, the the difference between the Bushes and and the... The Clintons is having a complicit media on your side. That's a big difference. The media is supposed to be the ones that kind of keep a check on on the on the uh, political elites. And when you've got them hardcore tank in the tank for one side, that's dangerous. Has been. Yeah. So. And they just don't. They don't see how they got there. I mean, when they're saying George H. W. Bush was, you know, oh geez, we we could uh, harken back to a time when we had the media saying this when we had someone like that as a Republican as opposed to the guy we've gotten out. Well, you treated him like he was a racist and a bigot and all that stuff. Yeah. You said he was stupid and all that. And you're pushing people who are in the middle farther to the right. And you're pushing the people on the right to be a little more militant. Mm-hmm. And it's not leading anybody anywhere good. I just think the media has taken it on themselves to say, we don't like the guy, so we're going to take him down. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we're running late here. So if you want to get a, a hold of us or in touch with us, it's rooster email rooster at bread and circuses podcast.com or crow at bread and circuses podcast.com. And we are on Facebook at bread and circuses podcast. And we have a YouTube channel that's uh, got all of one video on it. As we speak, uh, we may start putting up more videos in the near future, but I don't know if it's going to be on a, uh, a set schedule. So when we come up with a new video or an idea, it's, it's something short, something, something silly or something hopefully interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it here first before we post it, or we'll put it on the Facebook page and kind of link it there. And, uh, we're working on it, but we're a, uh, production crew of two here and only one of us does any work. (laughs) We won't say who though. Yeah, we will. See you. Bye. Thank you.